Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Pigs podcast, where every single week we are trying and failing to win money off our supposed knowledge of the NFL, which makes this week's podcast uh, quite rich and sycophantic in that we're breaking down the NFC at the halfway point, going through every single team and giving our judgments on all of these teams, yet we can't pick games just six games each week to win money so what do we really know about the nfl it's the hardest season to predict though at the moment i cannot put my finger on a lot of games um well i can put my finger on five out of six games every single week it seems (laughs) uh myself ollie wilson jazz gillam and dave bluck uh all diving into our weekly picks and uh jazz yeah it's it's been tough it's been a tough old slog i feel a bit jaded from it all I've had a couple of bad weeks. Um, Ollie's given the hot streak at the minute. You know they say Ollie should never walk away from a heater. Yeah, I mean I'm just staying. Just get over that hump. I'm staying on the heater. I just can't get one last bet right. What I find weird though is like we're judging all of these teams in the NFC this week. We're talking uh, JJ Watt. Should he go? We're talking Jimmy Garoppolo. Should the Niners get rid of him? Um, and kind of bouncing on both of those topics of when should a player leave and when should a team get rid of a player and the kind of broader and sense And will of we it. see super teams? And super teams, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, running through the NFC. And it it's kind of weird in that there are so many teams while we were breaking down the NFC that I was like, yeah, I just don't know like what they are because one week they show something, the next week they show something else. Like Completely the different. Lions, the Panthers, you know, the, the Giants have, have looked like an okay team at times, but fallen short. Uh, there, there are so many teams around the, the Rams, the, the bears, the bears. What are the bears? <laughs> like <laughs> who, who even knows what the bears are. The bears were pretenders when they were four and O now they're what five and three. And you're like, well, still pretenders. Yeah. But, but they are, can you be a pretender? Cardinals, five and three? The Cardinals are the same as well. Cardinals, the Cardinals are the most hidden team because they are, they're not good. They're really not good, but they are yep. winning. Um, so we d- yeah we dive into all of that. Uh, let's talk about last week's bets quickly before we get into all of it. Uh, let's run through Dave's because he's obviously not here for the beginning because he's not got the stomach for it. Uh, but stamina, I, w- I prefer stamina. I, I well I wouldn't have the stomach for reading out my results if I went five and one. So <laughs> which is what one he did five. last week because yeah, one and five. Uh, sorry, one and five. Yeah, because he had the Bills to beat the Patriots, which I think a lot of people did. And then he didn't get anything else right. The Saints minus 4.5, the Titans minus 6.5, the Bucks minus 11, the Packers minus 6, and the Raiders and Browns to be plus 50.5. Uh, yeah, well, that win screwed him with the Ra- uh, with the Raiders and the Browns. Like That that and Baker yeah, Mayfield yeah. being a piece of trash at quarterback completely <laughs> screwed him. Uh, that's g- I cannot that's wait fair. for next week's rundown of the AFC, by the way. For, yeah, oh, pi- to see if Dave dies on the hill. It's a pile on Baker for me. I'm gonna absolutely. I'm gonna bring up stats, plays. It's gonna be like three days of research into You're have Baker like a Mayfield. Flip chart. Yeah, we're just gonna run all of his presentation ready. All of his adverts. Like he's got one in the US, which is like the Heisman House advert. Like, oh. But it's good because Baker oh. Mayfield's like the kind of bitch of the house. You know, Eddie George oh, okay. is making him do things and stuff like that. So, um, how did you do last week, Jazz? I went two and four. Ollie. So not much better. <laughs> I mean, I went one and five the week before, I think, and three and three. So I'm not on a very good streak at the minute. My no. days of five and one in a row have, have ended. 
So you're, it's Time interesting. Time of Ollie has begun. Because we will hear that you're, uh, you, you've, you've given up on fantasy, as we'll hear during the, the podcast, I think. I mean, I gave up a long time ago. Yeah. That, as but, you'll hear. And, and your thing has been like, well, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm all in on the betting and the, and the gambling, the podcast bets and stuff like that. Um, but that's not going so great either. What did you get right last week? I got the Steelers to win and the Raiders to win. So the two underdogs I picked. Nice. And then, so those were the two out-and-out bets that you had. And then the spread betting that All you, failed. That, I had the Packers plus, no, minus six and a half. Of course, they lost to the Vikings. Uh, who else did I have? Rams Bills minus, minus 3.5. The Bills minus four. And the Lions plus 2.5. Yeah. But you were the one that championed spread betting from the word go almost this time last year when we did the Thanksgiving podcast, the first one. Oh, yeah, because I thought that if you get the spread, obviously you get the spreads correct. If you choose a favourite to win that and they win by the margin, it's great because you get more more odds from it. Yeah. And it it paid off. I I won £200 last off a bet year. last year. Last year's last won, year, man. And, you know, and also in the wild card round, won four out of four and won 80. Right, so. you, got that, you got that Super hey, Bowl I, I, I got. I'm, I'm currently like Jared Goff. I had a good a good run <laughs> and now it's coming to an end. Had one good year and then it, then it all starts to fall apart quite yep. dramatically. Well, nobody else is winning because um, I went, as I say, uh, five and one for the third, third week in a row. And after giving the Titans two weeks of love on the podcast, I was like, they're going to beat the Bengals, obviously. Obviously, they're going to beat the Bengals. The Bengals that have been accused of letting Joe Burrow get hit too much. The Bengals that haven't got a good defense and allow Baker Mayfield to throw five yeah. touchdowns on them. The Bengals that while they're rebuilding aren't the Titans who we thought could potentially be a huge team in the AFC and a big upset yeah. in the playoffs potentially. Interesting thing I heard about that during the week, I think it might be from Mike Florio, was did the Steelers beat the Titans twice? Did that Steelers loss emotionally defeat the Titans before they played the Bengals. Well, that's too weak, then. Like, what do you mean? Well, that's that. That's what defines good teams is stepping up oh, and totally. going back but on that's... the next one. I, yeah, that may well have happened. It's unacceptable in my gambling eyes because I had the Colts, the Raiders, <laughs> the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Bills. They all came through, and the Titans ended up losing to the Bengals. So the uh, cumulative. Going into oh, I don't want to know this. week nine. Ugh. No, you're, you're still second, Jazz. 26. And what's Dave on? Oh, sorry, you're 24. Apologies. Yeah, I thought I was down at the bottom. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. No, 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 it's all right. Dave is also on 24. <laughs> <laughs> Join last. Brilliant. Um, so, and I'm on 31. So I'm a week's worth of gambles ahead. Ahead. But if I don't win one and you guys get your bets right this week, then... It's all changed. <sighs> that sums up the gambling side of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the rest of the podcast was a lot more upbeat. Um, we went, as I say, went through every single team in the NFC and what we thought of them at the halfway point of the season. We'll do the AFC next week, uh, but sit back and enjoy the podcast. Over the middle, picked off! Season fired, intercepted! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. Did you read what JJ Watt said about Houston Texans? 
No. no. He was asked about what he thought about the next season. He said, well, I'm 31. I'm not really here for a rebuild. So I want to do what's best for me and I want to do what's best for the Houston Texans. So he's he's making it sound like he wants to jump off that ship and try mm-hmm. and chase a ring, which I completely understand. A player at his age, as dominant as he's been through his career, hasn't really had enough of a shot to really go deeper than anything because he's either had a good defense and no QB. I mean, Matt Sharp, no offense to him, he's never a world beater. In that year, they had Brian Hoyer when he threw four picks in the first quarter against the Chiefs in the playoff game. That was pretty bad. But now Watson's brilliant, of course, but JJ hasn't been able to stay healthy. I reckon he would be a good candidate to go to a very good team. Maybe on a less of a contract than he's on now. Is he going to take the money, though? That's you mentioned the question. Your, you mentioned I'd your love Steelers. to see the Steelers. Imagine having him and TJ and Derek on the same team, having all three. It'd be Watt fun. Players. It'd be fun, but is he going to be worth the kind of money that he's asked, going to be asking for? I don't think he is no, going to be. If he's, he's so injury prone. If he's ring chasing. He's not chasing, producing that he used to. If he's ring chasing, the money doesn't come into it that much. That's the thing. That, like, That's look why at, the thing look at these it, look at these starts for the pylon players. You know, Antonio Brown, as I said last week, is is going to be that kind of. This is what we're going to see from some of these big name guys. The more that it comes down like to get a ring to get in the Hall of Fame, Le'Veon Bell's slightly different because he's still on pretty good money, but he's getting paid that by well, a different on, team. Anto- Antonio Brown's a bit different as well because he's because, getting a second chance in the league. Well, yeah, not many teams will actually have him at this stage, so I think yeah. that's kind of yeah, like yeah. But I'm just value, but so. it's more the idea of like becoming a pile on team player. I think is going to become more and more prominent as mm. yeah. You, you see what the the advertising revenue that players can generate off their own individual brand. Now, yep, JJ yeah. Watt with a Super Bowl ring, he's such a big brand already, but that that could, in theory, like double his brand value, maybe more than that, if he's there mm-hmm. holding the Lombardi, ring on the finger, all that kind of stuff. And yep. players now, unless you're a Patrick Mahomes, and even then Mahomes is going to make more money off outside of the game endorsements than he ever will. All even athletes his... really will, if they're at that level. Yeah. So it, it now becomes about, well, I can sacrifice the salary. Because I can make a load of money being on a good team, let alone a team that then can go and get a ring. He also has played nine years in the league, eight, eight, nine years in the league, maybe even 10. And he's made at least 130, 140 million in that time. It's not like he's desperate for the money. I know, but I don't know if... I don't know if there's enough examples yet of players doing this to follow this. I mean, it could be a thing, but it doesn't seem like there's a massive precedent and i feel like with jj watt yes he could go and chase a, a ring it would be a great thing to do but it's also his probably his last big contract now and he could still get he's got enough production that he could still get another big contract for I, two three years i disagree about the production side because of his inability to stay healthy in the last what five seasons here he's completed one 16 games 16 start season all the others have been eight or less so this is a guy now that whose track record of staying healthy is woeful yeah but he should still be able to get a good two-year contract somewhere yeah but going back to a lot of money going back to the idea of contracts how many players do we see now that have got the way of course the world works with social media these days they've got a very big social media following that can earn thousands of dollars or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands just from an instagram post so Mm. that means that they're on-field contract values don't have to be quite as much. They might think, well, I'll take an incentive-based one because, again, taking JJ Watt as a great example, he's made a lot of money already and 
he's got a very big social media presence and following and a brand like you said he's got his own sneakers for example and so he could take less of a money less of a contract to play actual football because he's making a load of money off the field it's probably set financially to go play on a team that he wants to go and play on whether that be a Kansas City Chiefs whether that be a Pittsburgh Steelers to play along with the two Watt brothers I mean that imagine that if you had the chance to go play with the two brothers you you'd never had a chance to play proper football with and you could just go and have a great time with them that would be that may be worth taking less money for yeah i mean it would uh it make my it dreams be, come be, true I'm it'd be a lie. lot of fun do you guys do you guys have some concerns like zooming out a little bit that the effect that that would have on the league if that became a trend where players did start doing that because you could you know the the salary cap and the draft system is set up to stop teams just rolling through yep and winning every year and becoming powerhouses it doesn't always work with teams like the patriots and stuff but it is there and it should work so like if you start creating these mega teams like the kind of tampa bay buccaneers are doing now then is that going to undermine the league going forwards or i think is it kind of fair enough yeah i I totally just get you coming from i think lots of personalities in the league though especially in certain positions like we've spoken about before receiver and corner they don't strike me as players on a whole that are going to want to take a hometown discount and stick around. They're going to want to get paid whatever they can while they can because they're the only thing that the team cares about. Well, in the sense of they're the only thing that they think is important on the team. Whereas mm-hmm. you take someone who's a lineman, for example, I just use JJ as the example again, he knows how important every part of that team is. And also he's had the chance to have the big money on a defense and maybe not have as good a supporting cast around him. So you then start thinking, well, actually, rings are more valuable, which Ollie said before just then about how much that improve his value off the field, that if you could have a chance to take less money now but win more rings, that's what you should do. That's literally what Tom Brady has done his entire career. If it wasn't for Tom Brady doing that every year and saying, I'm getting paid, what, $14 million a year, whatever it was, it means that, say, uh, Randy Moss goes to Bill Belichick and says, I want $20 million. only paying Tom 14 so... You're going to get less than 14. What do you want to do? Oh, I want to stay with Tom. Well, less than 14 then. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no question marks. There's no arguing with it because that's the culture they had in that, that dressing room because all they cared about was winning. So that's the reason why the Patriots broke that mould. But you have to have players buy into that. So I agree that could be an issue. But will there be enough personalities that see the long game and the whole picture? And there's also, I don't think, enough personalities like a Tom Brady, if we're going back to the Antonio Brown kind of thing of Antonio was always going to go where Tom goes. That was the whole story the whole time. There aren't many Tom Brady's that have that magnetism in the league. There aren't many quarterbacks, maybe Aaron Rodgers right now. I'd, I'd struggle to think of another quarterback where players would look at them and say, I'm going to go play at that team and take Patrick less Holmes. money to be with that guy. Yeah, Mahomes... Um, I mean, the the unfortunate thing for Kansas is that they're so stacked now. (laughs) Like, I mean, how many more people can they physically add and and keep everybody happy? Because the the trouble is there's still going to be egos as well. At 90% of those positions, there are going to be egos. Like, I reckon you can create... You could probably create a fantastic offensive line of guys that are willing to take pay cuts to play for rings. Because offensive linemen never get the credit anyway. Individual brand doesn't come up as much so anything they can do to get ahead i think you would probably as an offensive lineman take that cut to get that ring particularly once you hit that kind of second or that third contract perhaps of your career 
if you've got the credibility behind you as well. Um, you know, a lineman like a Watt or someone like that as well, who's now reaching that tipping point. It's about getting a ring for his legacy. It's not about, he doesn't need to do anything more as an individual with an individual season. And he needs to get out of Texas. You know, they almost traded Will Fuller uh, the trade deadline this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much do you want to get rid of every single bit of quality on your team yeah. in Houston? It's ridiculous. He was linked to the Packers. That would have been really interesting. That would have been wild. That would have been really I tough. For, I wish they'd done that for the <laughs> NFC North because that's no. Same... When Will Fuller would have got his hamstring would have gone, he would be out for the season. <laughs> Say good night. Bye bye. Probably yeah. Um, every year it happens to me when I have a fantasy. The one year I don't. Oh, he's still healthy. Not doing a great fucking deal, but he's still healthy. But like for, right. for for. for receivers for instance and i think we've found this in not to bring it into real world too much but nfl fantasy like good receivers at the moment in the league are kind of 10 a penny you know you can pick up decent receivers anywhere that are going to perhaps fit into the right system and make a difference you know you look at the young guys that have come through in the last year or so in rugs claypool uh jerry judy still looks like C. he's gonna lamb. be great yeah cd lamb um they're, they're and then you've got the assorted casts around them as well. You know, Stefan Diggs, Diggs has elevated his game massively. You look at uh, the Chiefs, like Miko Hardman's a great receiver. Sammy Watkins is a pretty decent receiver. He's not Tyreek exceptional. Hill. Tyreek Hill's okay, I guess, if you like that kind of speed to yes. type thing. Um, you know, One trick pony, though. And Philadelphia, like, uh, Falcom's come in uh, and, and made a main name for himself. Jalen Rager's come back and got a touchdown on the weekend. You know, receivers are everywhere. Uh, players like a Watt, can probably actually go and do that. I don't think receivers are able to. They're always going to have incentive-based contracts with a lot of money on things like receptions and touchdowns as well, as I imagine. Yep. But yeah, for somebody at the age and and that sort of position as a, as a JJ Watt, this sort of thing opens up massively. Yeah, and yeah. I do worry that the NFL would have start having more of these <laughs> sorts of moves, of pylon moves. What I'd, what I'd say, though, is it, it does seem... It's actually quite rare that these a lot of things need to happen for these big superstar players to get to a stage where they can make a move to a team for a ring because they have to stay healthy to get to a stage of their career where they've made the money through the contracts to feel like, okay, I can take a pay cut. I've got my hundred million or whatever. They, they need to actually become a free agent to be able to do it Mm. or force a trade, which is quite hard and can take several seasons to do. Like, there's all of these things that need to come together and the Super Bowl team needs to be able to want them and need to have the room on their roster to accommodate them and want to take the risk with a JJ Watt. So, like, I don't know. I don't think it's... Even if you think that there's there could be a trend in that direction, it's actually, like, a lot of things need to come together. So there's really only going to be a couple of players a year that for kind of go into that mold where you could actually and the the size of rosters in the nfl makes a big difference compared to when you see it in basketball yep. you know if you get three great guys come into a basketball roster that could be game over for half the league you know that whole conference suddenly becomes yep. the la lakers for instance or something like that is it's theirs to lose basically whereas in the nfl you can have three great players on one team it doesn't, yeah, it's it doesn't get anywhere near guaranteeing you know, if you're looking at it this Look year. Look at the Rams. Look at the Rams. The Rams are have got like three superstars. Yeah, well, they've got two of the be- two of the best defensive players, but they're kind of like still the like Rams a are middling team. You know, dog mess at the moment. They're all over the place. Well, we'll get on to yeah. talking about the Rams. Yeah, well, but. but yeah, so, so that's just interesting to see that idea, isn't it? If when a player should decide to leave a team, yeah, to try and find good, a ring. Good, now, on yeah. the flip side of that, when should a player get rid of a? When should a team, sorry, get rid of a player? 
Is this like what? when should a team get rid of a player when it's Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that the answer? Well, that was what I was going to get on to, <laughs> but was, I don't think they should get rid of him for the record. But I'm just saying at what point should teams give up on players? Are they, should it be kind of production-based, age-based, money-based? I mean, I was just, it's, it's the just combination. everything, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, so when are the Vikings going to move on from Kirk Cousins? Okay. Well, when... He's got one year left, I believe. He's going to be the next Niners on... quarterback, apparently. Mate, well, yeah, he that, played yeah. with Shanahan for two years or three years, didn't he? So I don't. That would be possible. I think that they might move on from Jimmy G at the end of this year because I think the injuries. He's always keeps getting injured as well as now not delivering on the production. Yeah, but so it's kind of like you know, if you're getting injured and you're not delivering numbers then what have you done for me it's tough yeah. though because i mean that that 49er season on the whole has just been injury plagued yeah, they've, yeah. From well, we'll get onto that we'll get onto that yeah as well. sorry because they've got like 20 got, got... 20 to 30 million in in cap space out on the ir at the moment or something like that oh yeah, yeah. It, i've got insane. a list i've got a list for you but um but the thing with okay so obviously we're talking about jimmy garoppolo and all this talk this week that the niners are going to move away from him and i don't understand it because a year ago, Jimmy G was playing the same kind. I don't see much of a difference aside from the injuries. And if Jimmy G isn't healthy, that should give him some leeway in his performances at the moment. Like they should either be keeping him out until he's healthy to come back in again. Yeah. And with the team that they've got right now, with all the injuries, there's no point in having Jimmy G in because Seattle's running away with that division. Uh, the Rams can sometimes look competitive. It's just not the Niners' year to rebound after a Super Bowl. When and, they and play the NFC East, they look competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. It's it's not the Niners' year this year. There's nobody is looking at the 49ers right now and thinking, you know, they could take make a run another run at it again this year. It's it's not going to happen. So you rest Jimmy G yeah, until agreed, he's yeah. healthy. Like he's the guy that you brought in to be your quarterback. Uh, you got him for a great deal, and, uh, and and you put some eggs in his basket. Not all of your eggs. You went to the Super Bowl last year on a running game, but what you had was a quarterback that was a good game manager. That was all you wanted. That's what the system wanted. That's all that system still needs. Once people are healthy. So yeah. to suddenly turn around and be like, well, Jimmy G's a terrible quarterback. It's like, well, he's just the he's same. Not, he's, not a, he's not a terrible quarterback, but I think, don't you think as well that Carl Shanahan, he likes doing that style of play where he's got a good defense that's getting stops and he's got a great running game. He can scheme it up and Jimmy G doesn't need to do a whole lot. But if you look at his, um, you know, we just mentioned Kirk Cousins, he had Matt Ryan, obviously, in Atlanta. If he's he, I think he he adapts it to the players that he's got. So, like, I think he wants a better quarterback who can sling the ball a lot better than Jimmy G can because he's had those quarterbacks before, and he's been more more of a passing offense. So, mm, yeah, I I don't see that it's kind of like this is all he wants to do. I think that he's working with what he's got, and that must be kind of frustrating for him. So Matt Ryan, they were talking about in the around the NFL. Matt Ryan to the Forty Nines would be interesting next year. I wonder if they've thought about that. I mean, I will fly a flag anywhere for save Matt Ryan. Like if somebody, That'd be fun. if somebody deserves to I'd have another chance to go and get a ring, I'd love Matt Ryan to have another chance. To but that's go another and get a player ring. who's made That'd a lot of money in his career that could probably happily take a smaller. But it's hard deal. to it's yes. hard to pile yeah. on teams when a lot like you look at a lot of these teams and when you think of who would you pile on for? Like, who would you pile on to play alongside? It's the quarterback. So it's kind of difficult for Matt Ryan to be like, yeah, I'll take a backup job behind Mahomes in Kansas yeah, but, City. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Okay, but at the same time, if you had, say, the 49ers offense running game 
And yeah, you said, you had to, a, you said to you had Shanahan, you I'll take four million if you can bring me Julio with me. And then you might think, oh, hold on a second, that's probably worth it. And if they can make the figures work, why not? Because there's no reason why those two players couldn't take smaller pay cuts or smaller deals. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do both though. But even but Matt Ryan on that, he could if they take smaller deals. That, Matt Ryan on that roster, if they were healthy with that defense, they had Nick Bosa and everybody back. Um, that roster with Matt Ryan would definitely be a contender in the NFC. I mean, the, but the roster with Jimmy G was a contender for the Super Bowl. So I know, but Matt Ryan is much better than Jimmy G. So that might be enough to push you over the edge. Yeah, no, yeah. But then he probably would have choked in that Super Bowl, so who knows. That's true. But if you look at the um <laughs> if you look at the Rams as a good example of this when they made all their big acquisitions and made their run for the Super Bowl and obviously fell short to the Patriots. Yeah. That team hasn't looked the same ever since. Of course they had to get rid of some players and try and rejiggle things because they went literally all in for that one or two years. I kind of feel a little bit the same with the 49ers when they went and got um D Ford and got Quan Alexander and those sort of players quite high priced players in their team so I think one of the reasons why they'd made the trade with uh, New Orleans to try and get rid of Quan Alexander and bring in Kiko Alonso is try and bring their cap numbers down knowing they're mm. going to be up against a bit of a struggle coming up yeah so in some ways I think that they made a lot of risk made a lot of risky kind of decisions and really went all in and they almost almost ultimately paid off but now I think we might see a roster in some form of transition. So when that's the case, if you've got a high-priced quarterback, that's a good idea to have someone who can steady the ship. But if you don't believe in him, it might be time to get rid of him as I well. I don't know what his contract is. Is it one more year for Jimmy G? Because he's actually been there quite a while. Isn't it an sure. option at like, the end of this year? Is it three? Is it, he's been there three full full years and the start of this season. Is that right? Uh, was it two and a half? Or two, two or and a two, half. He won his first five games and that was at the that was like at the it's end two and a of half his first and season, this right? season yeah okay i got you so that's good that's that's long so you're enough at three seasons like, yeah well you know what you've got yeah but he's so but i think what, he's gonna want to move he on is now it. is no different to what he's been the whole, the time. whole time which is i know but it's not is, but it's not enough but that's that's why it seems kind of surprising to me all of this talk because loads of people for the last two and a half seasons before this year have praised Jimmy G for looking like a great quarterback, being able to fit really well into this 49ers team. You know, um, I mean, he was the Super Bowl quarterback last year and nobody was saying that Jimmy G was the problem. Now he was the problem in that Super Bowl. That's were... not true. That's not true, man. Because the, in the, you know, in the in the playoff run, they were, they were rushing the ball so much and there was so much talk about them hiding Jimmy G. You must like remember that was like all the buzz around the team. I remember. Well, they got was but, that they were hiding. At the same him. time, Dave, what we said at the same, at least what I said at the same time was, if you're rushing against the Packers for a hundred and something things like something stupid, like 180 yards before contact. Yeah. Why are you gonna pass it? Why are you gonna pass it? Why, yeah. Why well, the- it didn't look like it was hiding. It was just the. There was the game against Minnesota in the playoffs last year where Garoppolo didn't look good, but that was a Minnesota secondary and and a D-line that played really well in that game as well at times in terms of getting pressure on Garoppolo. So it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like it looked like Garoppolo was playing badly. It was like Garoppolo was under duress more than anything else. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have to do anything except run the ball against the Packers. Now, Garoppolo yeah. didn't look good in the second in the third and fourth quarter in the Super Bowl last year. You know, there were some mistakes. There's the Emmanuel Sanders throw where he overthrows him by about yeah. six yards or so. And that would have 
won him the Super probably Bowl. Won probably, the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, or it makes it or it makes it more difficult with Mahomes with like one forty left on the clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like people came out and said it's Jimmy G's fault. Actually, most of it was on Shanahan and play calling. You know, it wasn't like oh you. You can't That's give it to Jimmy G he's a, because he's a bad quarterback. It was Shanahan is not running the ball enough and using their strengths. But this is a, it wasn't like Jimmy's a bad guy. It's that the coaching was poor. Yeah, I think that I think that the the first kind of year or so in at, with the 49ers because he had that amazing run when he first came to the team from the Patriots. There was so much hype about that trade. Anyway, it was really exciting. It's one of the coolest like trades I've seen in terms of buzz around it. Yeah. And then he won his first five games and he looked really, really good. And you were... So I think that he was trading off that he for does, a while. He does look good. And, I th- <laughs> and he does. He's a very <laughs> he's, handsome he's man. He's a handsome SOB, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think he'll have a second career you, as like a, as a as a legit model? Just before <laughs> we get on to that bit, Dave, are you trying to I was say just think, that... I was just thinking about him. I think he's the best-looking like, NFL player. The, the best uh, thing I heard was Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's IQ meets GQ in the build-up to the Super oh, yeah. Bowl last year, which is like... I'll, that's good. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal... Can I just get this straight, Dave? Are you off... You, you think Jimmy Garoppolo's a problem, he's not any good, and they should get rid of him? Is that I'm just what saying, saying they could do. I'm just saying they could do better, and I think that Carl Shanahan, I think he'll be frustrated with what he's got there, and I think he'll be looking to move on. So, because I mean, the way you're describing Jimmy G there is a little bit like some other quarterback that we've spoken about already, who um, started a few games in the season when he came in, did really well, won some games, and it's pretty much been trading off that little hype ever since. His name's Baker Mayfield. Who's that? Oh right, okay. <laughs> I had one, I had one when um somebody was thinking uh, somebody was talking about uh this fair dog. this week Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones like looks terrible and then shows a few plays oh, where he looks he's great. Oh, he's so frustrating, then, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like well the key to success in the NFL is like golf at quarterback. It's can you be consistent? Look at the guys that have been the best in the NFL. Consistently they're doing they're not doing sometimes things that special. They're just consistent at keeping the ball safe. And picking up what seven yards a throw, eight yards a throw at times. You know, Breeze lights it up quite often in that Saints offense, but he can also just do downhole, slice and boring. dice, boring passing, yeah, yeah. five mm. yards a pass each time. Brady the same way. There are so many quarterbacks right now in the NFL, though, like a Mayfield, like a Daniel Jones, where you see them do something a few times and you're mm. like, oh, wow, man, he might be making the turn. And then they're so inconsistent that you can't trust them. And that, that's the difference between ha- having a long career and having a career where you bounce around. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, in fairness to him, is a fairly consistent quarterback, which is why yeah. I think he should still be sticking I'm not around. Saying he's, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's terrible at all. But that's, but that's why I don't understand with the 49ers. No, I don't get that either. I, I, think they, I don't see why they want to get rid of him. I, and I reckon you could probably get him on a cheaper deal. Yeah. If if you are showing him that you've still got the offensive mind in Shanahan to get you places and you've got the quality in the running game elsewhere and you give him some threats again as outside of George Kittle. Although you probably couldn't because it's next man up with these deals, isn't it? And so he'll be paid the next highest. And the trouble with yeah, that yeah. is that you can't even argue with him and say, well, what you've done? You say, well, I got you to a Super Bowl. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? Jimmy? Yeah, I, I know, but well, that was only last year. And you know, I think you know his agent's going to be like, he wears that golden red so 
fucking well, though, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We need a poster He's boy. He's working on a new look. It's called Gold Steel. Oh, my God. Uh, that even just <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> I, um, I think that you'll hear some... It depends what happens with the rest of this year, but if the 49ers miss the playoffs, which I think they probably will, um, I think you'll see some buzz in the off-season about him getting moved on. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but oh, I mean, there's I think possible. That it, it's, it's so much it's buzz be... this week. I can't imagine it dying down yeah. if the Niners continue to struggle at yeah. all. Yeah. And they'll so. and people will start questioning. Oh, is it a rebuild for San Fran? And that happens after the Super Bowl. Oh, it's, it's not a rebuild. It's just Super Bowl hangovers. Yeah, it's that that happens when you lose a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and yeah. look at the Rams that you lost. So, so just before we move on to the next bit, I can't remember if we put any actual money or food or beverages on this bet, but um, wow. we've made it to week nine of the NFL. Uh, so your under bets lost. That uh, was after week six. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, but seven. it just dawned on me today. That I clearly won that one, um, but I couldn't remember if we put anything on it or not. We didn't put anything on it. Unfortunately, I hope. I hope God not. damn it. Yeah, we didn't. I owe you enough money, Jazz. <laughs> yeah, I wanted more of your money in my pocket. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, jeez. Oh, you about you just five you just get the glory the of, of victory, like my Trubisky thing. You can just bask in the glory of that, and it'll be fine. Again, though, COVID talks the coming Trubisky back thing? in a, uh, yeah, getting benched. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ollie was closest, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, COVID talks coming back in a strong way this week in the NFL with like the Packers outbreak and the 49ers outbreak as well, and like the well, US. Apparently, is they're still going to play it without any more tests. They're just going to play the game. Well, if they've all got COVID, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That is quite literally. That's one way of doing a it. Thursday yeah, night football is survival of the fittest this week. Why don't they? Yeah. Why don't they just even it all out and just give everybody COVID? Yeah. And then, and then have the bye week after, and, and then, then they've got two weeks. And then what? Just see who dies and who lives. Get on with it. They're not going to die. <laughs> They're not going to die. Some Good of them point. might. Yeah. They won't die. Some of those linemen are pretty big boys. Yeah. That... They'll be fine. They're not in the the average age is like eighty two. But the coaches. Yeah, well, young coach in Shanahan. It's all that matters in San Fran. Yeah. Put them in one of those. The Matt coaches Florin don't need to get it. They don't need to get it. Just put them in. They can go in that giant bubble. You know? What giant bubble? The giant bubbles where you run into each other. The Zorb. You put them into Zorb. So they can't yeah. see anything properly. Oh, I thought, I thought you out. meant the giant's bubble. As in, like, they've all got COVID too. So they can all, all three teams can just go together and continue playing each other for the rest of the season. And then we have the COVID bowl winner. Yeah. Wait. That could that's good as well. Also, Matthew <laughs> Stafford was on the COVID list this week. So glad I picked him up in fantasy before. Uh, Excellent. Before that that's a classic jazz. Excellent. Move, that. Yeah. Literally, okay. I can't. You're not going to win a game. I can't. You're not going to nope. win a game. I can't catch a break. Uh, let's start in the NFC North then. Um, let's start from the bottom, work our way to the top. The Minnesota Vikings. Any thoughts? Jazz, I'm sure you've got a lot. It's crap. Uh, it's amazing we take away Stefan Diggs and put Thielen in a different receiver position, how useless he is. Also makes Kevin Stefanski look really good, although that Vikings offense, which was 
first two downs we're going to run, third down we're going to pass was pretty predictable. It seemed to work. This I don't one. know if you can lay too much on the offense though. It's the defense which has been awful. Defense has been year. terrible. It's them. It's like them and the Falcons are like very very close on like metrics for how bad a defense they are they're like both like bottom i think cowboys take the biscuit on that one but we'll get yeah, to the cowboys. oh yeah i know i know but yeah, i'm yeah. just i'm talking about teams that you thought were going to be kind of half decent although actually i thought the cowboys would be but it's a different story there's a lot going on there yeah that we'll get to. anyway Vikings. yeah um so yeah so kirk cousins so he is on pace for 23 touchdowns and 22 interceptions this Ooh, year not Winston-esque. quite esque it's not yes. quite good as a 30, 30 for 30, it's but 20 for 20 for 30, is not, but not great yeah, either. 22, 23, uh, that's pretty bad. But you know what? This Because uh, I, I want to talk about Dalvin Cook, not just because of last week, but every week this week that he's played. Because you've got him in fast. Every week this you season. You should have seen all his little face last week. It, he every is, time he got the ball, every time he scored a touchdown. Which is every like time he got the ball, basically. It was really yeah, funny. Is, was what, so watching fantasy, uh, watching fantasy, watching NFL with him, Ollie last week was like me watching it with him a few years ago. Apart from the roles are completely flipped, where I was watching it from a fantasy point of view, thinking that's how many points he just got, how many points he's got. I was just like, I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> it was a complete reverse because Ollie now has something to care about. Yeah, he really can make don't. a run for it, and it's just I'm like, well, I just I don't really care, Ollie. He's going for the playoffs. Oh, it's good for you, Dalvin Cook scored again. Great. Who, know, who really cares? How many points did he get uh, just staying on fantasy something? for a 49, second? 49, I think it was. Oh, 48, 49. Christ. No, but Dalvin Cook this year has been exceptional to watch. And, and Jazz and I were talking about this because I said he's the best running back in the league this year for me. And Jazz was like, no, I'd take, you know... Uh, I'd take Kamara, Kamara. But, 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 but he hasn't Dalvin been Cook's, rushing that much, though. I was going to say, Dalvin Cook so is the best running back. back. Yeah. And, and he can do what needs to be done pass catching as well but as a running back he is so perfectly patient yet speedy with his decision making and you you saw on that um screen pass last week he doesn't just rush aimlessly forward he's constantly reading the whole time and he's really good at reading the blockers just in front of him of which shoulder he should run off which gets him an extra couple of yards or so even when he is caught eventually He's yeah. he's a guy that's looked really good for the last few years anyway and has always looked like he could get to a, a great level in the NFL. And if he continues to stay healthy, this this one. year is going to be so big for him. And if the Vikings can keep him healthy what's, and keep him around in the contract? building... Then what's his contract like? Still a rookie contract, maybe? Yeah, he should still be on his rookie deal because it's what is. But he's got to be He's got to be coming up. He's been in the league for no, a, no, they, for a they, while they, they now. They took his option, didn't they? I would Im- so is he on his he's on his I'm fifth sure year then is he drafted 27 he's been around for a while drafted in 2017 so 17 18 19 this is fourth year in the league did they not okay. pay him a big extension uh he so signed a four year 6.3 million pound deal in 2017 so he's 2021 he's going to be a free agent so he's going to get paid yeah. he's going to get and if the, if the vikings can keep him and add yeah. a rec- another receiving weapon, or Justin Jefferson continues. Jefferson's legit. Then, yeah, he looks good. Then this is a team that, again, can have a reasonably high ceiling once more. It's just that they've looked dog-messed and slow to start the year. Defensively, they were really poor. But I I don't count out the Vikings. I was tempted to put the Vikings to beat the Packers last week, and I didn't in the end, and I wish I had done. That would have been a great one for the bets. That would have been a good bet. But 
I, I don't count the Vikings out of a lot of games if they've got Dalvin Cook in at this point in time because the defense seems to have done a little better. I think they're only like yeah. 12th in passing yards allowed this year or something like that. It's the run game that they seem to struggle with, I think, statistically at the moment anyway. Um, but they're, they're still an interesting side to watch when they've got their elite guys healthy. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think their record is um, a lot worse than they are. It's similar to, similar to like the Falcons and stuff. I, th- I think there's a few teams that you could see they're not going to do anything this year. They're obviously not going to the playoffs, but they could act as spoiler for some of these big teams. Yep. They could be a banana skin like late in the season and stop people getting a buy and yeah. stuff. So that could be quite fun. I think that, uh, yeah, I think the, the Vikings are, yeah, they're still a good watch. You know, There you go, PT. I know he listens. They're going to be rooted. <laughs> they're going to be rooted He'll be to happy the bottom then. of the NFC North all season long, I think. And the NFC North too. Did I say AFC? I think you said AFC. <laughs> NFC North. I don't know. Oh. I don't. I think the Chicago Bears are going to go on the slide. I could see them losing well, a bunch. Well, of let's Ray. go to the Bears next, then, shall we? Yeah, they yeah, were I the can't... big pretenders of the first like four weeks of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. They were five, five and two. Are they five and three now? I think so. They're starting the slide, and I think it's going to continue because I think Foles doesn't look like he's going to do anything. Foles doesn't look that I happy. Don't... Uh, Montgomery's yeah. not running the ball that well. Oh, I think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. I just think he's th- there's very disappointing. There's something different to him last year. Last year he yeah. had enough good games where you're like, this is a good run- like a solid yeah. running back. And this year it's completely different. Uh, mm, defensively, they're a shambles at times, which is shocking because that was their big strength. And they've well, they've got really, better in the last three weeks defensively. I was going to say that they're really patchy. But they're not. They're certainly not like a top five, top ten defense where they can carry a team, and that's yeah. really hard to do anyway in the league because. Which it's is what they did when offense. Khalil Mack got traded to them. When Mack was there, and they had Mack, Hicks, and Floyd as four of their three of their four defensive linemen, they yeah. were putting a lot of pressure on and really yeah, and making their secondary was legit. Yeah, as well. and what's his face? Jackson in the backfield is really, really good. Yeah. But yeah. they haven't been able to generate the same sort of pressure and. And hurries that they need to do and I think that's really made well, the whole team suffer it's it's changing and that defense played reasonably well against the Bucks for instance the other week on the Thursday night football yeah that was is, a shocker which is a bit of a wild one to be honest Thursday night football anything strange things happen on Thursday games for various reasons I've tempted fate with that this week as well <laughs> but um, oh no but yeah Chicago are, are massive pretenders sat second in that division at the moment Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they finish below five hundred. And and I put a lot of it on coaching as well. I don't. Yeah, I think again, Matt Nagy's Nagy. living on the on the coattails of Andy Reid. Yeah, well, he's on the coattails of having that one good year as well, and that seems like ages ago. Even though it was only two years ago, two years. Yeah. He was like coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't rate. Matt Nagy's decision making in moments and play calling seems yeah to be something that and a lot of people like. Yeah. They are so boring. They're like right there with like them and we'll talk about the Lions as well, but like they are teams that have bored me for a while. Yeah. Well the Lions so are frustrating. Like the Lions Seems are like a perfect segue into the Lions, by the way. Segos. Yeah, yeah. the Lions Who's are more frustrating. Third in the NFC North. Because I love Matt Stafford. I love Golladay. Swift has at times looked like he could be okay. Adrian Peterson hasn't run badly on occasions. He's he's not run he started the year well. Yeah, he's not run 
like he's Adrian Peterson, but he's not run like he's a Frank Gore kind of guy or in the New York Jets or anything like that. Hey, Frank Gore still getting, what, two yards of carry, three yards of carry, something yeah, like that? Yeah, Frank Gore gets like 10, well, seven carries in the first quarter and then the Jets are so and far behind yanked. they have to throw yeah. the whole time. So Frank Gore is just redundant after a quarter in every single game. But Detroit have an offense that, could be more exciting than it is. Hawkinson is so streaky as a tight end. Um, Stafford seems to have enough time to be able to make throws a lot of the time. And I'm, he's not playing very he's well. Not, yeah, he's but not had a good year boy this Stafford, year. I, I like Stafford and I always felt like he could have done a lot better in a better team. But, eh, I mean, I haven't seen anything to think that he's a top half of the league quarterback. I agree with that. Yeah. So, so rather have him than Kirk Cousins though. Uh, I mean, they're in the same kind of level at the moment, to be honest. He just doesn't make the mistakes that Cousins does, but they're, I don't know, the plus, the ceiling doesn't seem very high at the moment. But Golladay's been injured as well. I think you know, he's got Golladay <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, all about that. They feel like a team that they could go on a three-game winning streak and it wouldn't surprise me, but they could also go on a three-game losing streak and it wouldn't surprise or me. Or even lose so the rest of the I games really don't this know. year. You wouldn't surprise you either. So it's it's tough. I think uh, Matt Patricia is yeah, I have on no a... Idea. On a very I try and hot stay away seat from them because I don't try, really try know what he's them. done to improve the team. No, and although it's, oh, we, yeah. we talk about the Falcons blowing double-digit leads, I'm pretty sure the Lions have got the highest number of double-digit double-digit lead losses. It's a bit of a long thing to say. Um, I think the Chargers the as well. I think it's like the Lions, uh, Falcons, and Chargers are like the teams that really seem to fuck things oh, up. The Chargers, the Chargers yeah. lose close games. That yeah. They they hang around with teams for long periods of time, or they have a half decent lead that they throw away. But yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, the Lions are just a coin flip every single week. I think the Colts game last week was a perfect example of it. Of but I think both of you backed the Lions to win it or something like that. I had them and, on a spread, no, didn't, but not to win. But like I, think I had them spread as well. But I I, I would have always gone with the Colts to win that outright as opposed to any sort of spread betting because you can't trust the Lions whatever they're going to do and the Colts however iffy they've been will probably no. do enough to get over the Lions that we uh, yeah it's it's just been I a funny the, season though hasn't it we just, you just the, can't tell from the players and the teams you've no, got what they're going to do week by week in terms of betting the Lions and the Vikings are two teams that you just stay like, away from want to stay away from they yeah. are like yeah I don't know even against the best teams yeah, I don't really want any part of it. I'm just going to try and stay away from those two. And one of the best teams is the top team in the NFC North, which is Green, Bay, Green Packers, Bay Packers, who are... But are they, Ollie? That's the thing. Who are playing are tonight with all teams? three running backs out, I think. Yeah, they've got... Yep. I think they've got two... Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones two is injured. Jamal Williams is out. Williams is out. And AJ Dillon has got COVID. Yes, yeah, so, but they've got... Brutal. Two more on the roster whose names I can't recall at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, but they've got like the, 13, the first three are not playing. They've got 13, 15 carries between them. They're, they're running backs going into Thursday night football. So they're still more healthy than the 49ers. But does, and it doesn't so. matter because they've got Aaron Rodgers and Adams. Devontae Adams. And yeah. those two are yeah. having an amazing season. They are, but it wasn't enough last week. And I do, I do wonder a little bit. They need Lazard back and he is due to come back in the next couple of weeks. That would mm. be really helpful. They were looking at getting somebody before the trade deadline. They haven't done that. I don't know. I did, they, 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 Them and the Seahawks, I think, are very similar. They're just all offense. They're either going to outscore you or they're going to lose the game. And they just... They can't 
pull together enough takeaways and defensive plays to be able to win a game and to be able to keep a team under 25 30 so yeah they've only had I don't they've know only had the, four takeaways this season that packers d I think yeah, part of that poor. also though is that the Seahawks actually do have a lot of turnovers. I shouldn't have said that, but they but they don't get a lot of stops. They like the points per game is awful for the Seattle's defense as well as Green Bay. But I'd say with the Green Bay Packers kill. offense, they're not really a let's grind the clock down and take off ten minutes off the clock every drive. They're relatively quick strike. Especially yeah. when they've been throwing the ball to Adams down the field. So if you have that sort of an offense, you can have the, your own defense on the field more often, which means but that other team will have more possessions. They've faced fewer offensive plays than anybody else as a defense in the league. Oh, really? Well, that completely refutes my argument completely. Well, they've faced 409 offensive plays, which is well, the low, lowest well, in the league. Well, I clearly don't know anything, so what do I know? I would have, I would have agreed with yeah, you. I, yeah, well, I was, I was just <laughs> it looking at It seems like that, it's the right a, thing, doesn't it? I was just looking That's at that stack, so I was that. like, yeah, the... the they don't grind out games or anything, but I think maybe teams maybe grind. They do. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. It, it, the Green Bay Packers are a weird. weird one. They're a weird one. Like we were talking about the Steelers last week, and I don't really trust Green Bay this year, but they still seem to do all the right things a lot of Ooh, the time. I trust. I trust time the Steelers. I trust the Steelers. A hell of yeah, a well, lot Steelers, more than Green Bay. No, but, this is that was what I was saying last week. It's changed after the okay. Ravens game. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm allowed to uh, flip. I think you just imagine if they had that that defensive eleven, but added to, uh, JJ Watt to that as well. Jazz it, enough. Mm-mm-mm. Oh dear, this is becoming mania. Yeah, he's it, gonna. <laughs> You're gonna get so upset if it doesn't happen. I think I'm upset already because I don't <laughs> think it's gonna happen. And JJ Watt joins the Minnesota Vikings. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> If Kirk Cousins but, left, I'd be okay about it because I can I can enjoy the Vikings football again. You've already like made your own shirt. You've like ruined one of your no lie. I have actually just recently bought a TJ Watt jersey. If JJ was to go to the Steelers, I'd also buy a JJ Watt jersey. Buy buy a sounds terrible. I shouldn't say. I've bought counterfeit ones, but I bought ones from China for TJ Watt. China. I'd get an actual proper NFL.com one for China. JJ. Jazz, you're the reason why this election is still being counted in the US. <laughs> funding funding China. China. <laughs> um, Too right. The other thing is, with Aaron Rodgers, there are quarterbacks that are playing better than him this year still. Because Rodgers is... Rodgers feels more like a one-trick pony with the connection he's got with Adams. And as you said, they're Pretty missing... Pretty good trick, though. They, they, miss Lazard, uh, they miss Lazard when he's out. Valdez Scantling yeah, hasn't he, made a leap that he's been expected to make now for like a season and a half. Tunyon's been pretty good. I was going to say he just Tenyon. pulled in a tight end that no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here comes Donald Trump, Trump all day. Tenyon. <laughs> Tenyon. He's the great. Um, he's the greatest. He's the greatest tight end. <laughs> by the way, this election being delayed like- is getting keeping Adam Gase in a job by the day after last week's conversation. Yeah. It's Woody it Johnson, like was- by the way. Woody Johnson's the Jets owner's name. He's the best owner. He's the best owner. He does all the all the smartest up. moves. He knows the most about the NFL. <laughs> um, but there are there are other quarterbacks that are usurping Rodgers this year in terms of quality of play like Russell Wilson's obviously had the majority of the headlines because he is playing yeah. like a man possessed this year and, and looks fantastic with the weapons that he's got and we'll come on to Seattle I'd say Rodgers is, Rodgers is second behind him for me the year so far so I don't think he's too far off the pace I there but... yeah really relatively close but I think Wilson's got the edge Oh yeah, massively. So I just he's he's quite a bit above yeah. him because he hasn't had an off game. Whereas Rogers had that game against the Bucks, 
and he's had quarters and halves where he hasn't done that much and he doesn't look like he's really really special like last week the first half he didn't really do a lot and then it was too late for them to win by the end by the time he kind of got his act together um but the- so i don't know yeah a little bit patchy i ca- i can't see them being a serious contender but they're obviously going to make the playoffs. Com- they're going to win that division. So I mean, who knows? Compared to the Any top, Sunday kind of to, thing. and compared to the top three teams in the NFC, the Packers are fourth by a fair way to me. After the Saints, after the Saints, who have the you Bucks, got three? The Saints, the Bucks, and the Seahawks. And the Seahawks. That's fair. Obviously, not the leaders of the NFC. I wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't be putting the Saints in that bracket. Well, I will get on to the Saints. So they've yeah. got a lot of weaknesses there, so I don't know. Um, so that's fine. But, uh, so I think it's the NFC they're about, North covered you know, it. Yeah, let's go yeah. to um, the, the flaming, fire. Yes! flaming bags <laughs> right. of fire. So, so, trash bags. so I'm going I'm to take the lead on this because what I've done before... Uh, Ollie already, guys, already, already looks upset. I think he's going to cry. You, <laughs> <laughs> he's moving his microphone away. He's had enough. So this is t- so Jazz, me and you will... So uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll dissect this one, Dave. Go on. Ollie's just uh, chinning his drink. Which team are you going to start um, with? So, well, instead of instead of uh, using uh, my words on this, I was like, <laughs> what can we do? So I've just created um, a kind of emoticon line yeah. for each uh, NFC East team. I'm starting with the Cowboys. So these are the emoticons that I use to summarize them. Do you mean emojis, it's, by uh, the way? Emojis. Yeah. What's an emoticon? That's what it was called MSN Messenger all those years ago. But emojis are what the kids call these days. Old school. Okay. Yeah. Emoji. I thought I was trying to connect with the kids. Mm, not but so it much. Feels like I've I've just you kind ruined of like... it. Yeah, killed it. Yeah. Uh, Emo- right, emoticons. Okay, I think emoticons like move emojis. Just on no the... emoticons GIFs? were just what they called them before they were GIFs. called emojis. Wait, no, weren't emoticons they're like the GIFs. um they're called GIFs, the uber yes. liberal uber liberal transformers. <laughs> no, 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 they're the ones that were really upset about everything. They're emotional. Yeah, yeah, cons. Little, little emoticons, emo liberal emoticons. Yeah, with their big like, and they fight the Decepticon. It's, that's right. a very one-sided fight. <laughs> yeah. So the emojis, well, the, the emoticons, used. probably harming themselves. So let's talk about our feelings. <laughs> 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 I hope you voted today and you voted for the one that I told you to vote for. <laughs> oh. Come on, Brett, give us give us your emo transformer so, moments. <laughs> so these are yeah, these are our emojis to sum up the cowboys. So it's a yellow face with sick coming out of it it is the skull and crossbones it's a giant poo with uh with a smiley face and it's a cowboy uh smiling at the end ironically and then the washington football team jazz um i've got the see no evil hear no evil (laughs) if there was only a smell no evil as well (laughs) Just to everything every, about the every Redskins. Every sense out of it. Every, every no out of it. I, do, I don't want. I don't want anything to do with them. Basically, I think it's just I'm surprised they are the it most... wasn't just like three big X's to try and cancel the team. Just yeah. Well, that would make sense as well. I, if only there was a uh, an emoji of um, like an animal throwing its feces at the wall or something, then that would be the. <laughs> That would, be the that would sum it up, team. would it? That would sum it up. <laughs> well, they're 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 boring, and they're terrible. 
So it's two good D line though. If you're gonna good D line on that team, I was gonna say there's yeah. a rebuttal on that with the the defense is actually quite fun to watch. That D line is fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there was a nice story with Alex Smith coming back, albeit like hor- horrific to watch Alex yeah, no, Smith yeah, come back. They, they ruined was... that with the TV coverage showing the fuck the the the, the family and the wife oh, and the kids yeah, every time it was on the pitch. Yeah, that whoa, made whoa, it whoa. so cringy. Don't want to see that. They took a beautiful thing and turned it into like some six almost snuff movie or something like a that. A little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. Like waiting for him to break his leg again. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, I've I've just got I've got emojis of two sick looking characters because they're always getting injured, and then I've got an embarrassed face, and then I've got the angry red face with swear words coming out. That's Ollie, <laughs> or all Eagles His fans. Heads about to explode, and then I've got a bionic arm that I found, which signifies to me that you need to start like building like limbs in labs and stuff, and then putting them onto these players. So that they don't fall apart. That's that deep, might Dave. be a plan for the off season. Yeah, well, I'm just that's trying to deep. fix their problems. And then I've got the palm in the face emoji. That's kind of obvious. And then I've got a, I've got two ones for Ollie again, which is somebody having their like head massaged for like to signify calm because I know that he's kind of losing his mind. I've got, <laughs> I've got one of somebody in the like lotus position, like uh, meditating. Um, I've got a badger. Not sure what I was trying to communicate there. Uh, yeah, this is getting oh, weird now. This is getting really the long. Badger, well, the the badger was about. Um, so the badger is probably the fiercest wild animal in the UK, but it's still just a badger. So you're the best team in the <laughs> East, <laughs> but you're still just a badger. So it's the largest land mammal, isn't it, in from. the UK? Something like that. I think that's the the stat for that. Yeah, I mean, there's just not many dangerous animals, Jazz, you know, and there's not many dangerous teams coming out of the NFC East. Well, and then I've just got, I've got a yawning, f- yawning face and a sleepy face, because they're not great to watch this year either. The Eagles. So that's a long um, and amount. There of... was a lot. There was a lot going on there. And then the Giants. I've just got a shrug emoji and then a a, a confused <laughs> expression emoji because, as we were saying before, I don't really know what you're getting from them their defense looks like it's like way better than i thought it would be somehow they seem to play games close but daniel jones kind of looks like he's not going to be an nfl quarterback for too long and then i don't really know outside of like darius slayton i don't really know like a lot of their players to hang your hand hang your hat on you know so i just wish you kind of just left the giants as just a shrug and that was it that's fair (laughs) that would have been funny so i think the new york giants might be the team that is the biggest letdown in the NFC East. No, because not even a little bit. Because the Philadelphia Eagles, you can put a lot of their faults down to the injuries, the bare bones players that they've had at times. You know, one starter on the offensive line for what two games? The the injuries at receiver, the fact they haven't had loads of people back. The defense has kept them in games, and the defensive line has started to perform in the last few weeks, so it's getting better. Washington were never going to be anything. Dallas, in the same way, have been injury-ridden this year. The offensive line got the crap kicked out of it. Dak's gone down. Um, Their defense has been shocking, but I would never have said Dallas will ride on their defense at all for a year. The Giants are reasonably healthy. 
aside from you from losing Barkley, losing which is obviously they're literally their best player. We, literally no, their uh, entire offense. They lost their entire offense in the first week. This is this is the thing about. I, th- I knew you were gonna say Barkley, Barkley, Jazz. Yep, <laughs> and I'll say it again. Yeah, okay, Barkley. But Gorman's run pretty nicely in the last couple of games. Do you know who won't run better than he would? Saquon Barkley. Yeah, obviously, Jazz. But if you consider the the health of that New York Giants team, has got the majority of its starters playing. They've actually got a pretty okay defense, uh, particularly in the first two levels of it. On the D line, they've had some really good games with good pressure. Uh, Leonard Williams has played really nicely in a, in a couple of big spots this season um, and has been an irritant to a lot of offensive lines. And I think the Giants, with just one win, are really underperforming to where they actually should be. And they should have a much better chance in the NFC East of taking this division than they're actually showing. And it's summed up by the play of their quarterback in that there are moments when you think this team actually is all right, and then well, they, they could can't have beaten the Bucks last week. They could have beaten the Bucks. They should have beaten the Eagles. So that's another right. two wins. So I actually think that the Giants, compared to when the the rest of that division is completely falling apart around them, are relatively healthy and should be doing a lot more than they have done. I'll let Dave. But on, take it. I just say. I mean, obviously the. The Barkley thing is the big hole in that argument, anyway. It's the but biggest hole. I don't know. In every I don't know ever. what your. I don't know what your kind of ceiling was for them before. It wasn't. The it wasn't high. Started. It wasn't. Okay. I wasn't expecting because it seems like you're kind of like you were expecting like a wild card team, and they're like no, really no, no, bad, no. But... Uh, it's it's more of a case of everything else that's going on around them. If they could keep their composure a little bit then they should be better than the sum of their parts at the moment. I think that's fair, but I mean, I, I guess it depends. What, if you're judging it like week to week in terms of performances, it's disappointing for them in terms of getting the results. I think that's true. In terms of where they were perception-wise before the season started, I think they're kind of where... They were like one of the most roster-poor sides in the NFC. So I think they're... Okay, yeah, one win is particularly half, bad. Half the rosters like, in the NFC got destroyed i mean that's that's the thing it's like my my level isn't the problem with the new york giants necessarily it's that they should be the team that are capitalizing on this the most yeah but because i would have i would have put their squad ahead probably of washington uh, those two about level pegging going into the season and with dallas and philadelphia generally muck screwed for the majority of this season so far (laughs) the giants it's a good point. More. I, the Giants I do, should be a lot more than one and this, seven. I see the sense in it. I do. I, I get it. I get, I get it. it. Doesn't mean it's not wrong. Um, the thing is, you can't have use Dallas as an excuse, being that they've got injured, because until Dak went down, they didn't have as many injuries on the offensive side of the ball. They still couldn't win games, and the defense was terrible. Defense is still pretty terrible. They'd still lost key linemen though in Dallas. But you, they did, but they lost most of the most key one. The key most key one of all being Zach Martin recently, and Tyron Smith was playing for the first few weeks as well. Granted, they lost the centre in Travis Fredericks, but you have a team that had lots of pieces there and still quite healthy. And they still started the year terribly. There's a reason why every every week for the first few weeks, I was watching Skip and Shannon, and I was just enjoying Shannon just ripping on Skip because he obviously is a Cowboys fan. 
and was disgusted every week that they were losing in the manner they were as well. They were they shouldn't have won against the Falcons because the Falcons nope. should have just covered the ball up. And that takes away another one of their wins and drops them even further down than they would be. Their team is far better on paper than, in my opinion, the rest of the NFC East teams. So who's it's the biggest? A, so who's the biggest? Nobody's playing well then in no, this division. The, who's the, the who is the biggest letdown in this division? Right, has now? to be Dallas. If I think that the team is better on paper than the rest of them, to me it has to be Dallas. However, I think it, I still hate Dallas, okay. and I would never pick them to win the division. That's why I picked the Eagles. <laughs> Just gonna get that one in there now. Well, I think Carson Wentz is 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 a massive disappointment for me. Oh, I know he hasn't yeah. got a lot around him, <laughs> yeah. but he, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. He's he's, he's making so glad the I started him in fantasy when he fumbled twice and got intercepted yeah. twice. This is another update so, on Jazz's terrible fantasy season. Oh, <laughs> just can't catch a break. But no, Carson Wentz is the worst thing about the Philadelphia Eagles at the moment because he's yeah. everything that should be good and isn't. And I know, so, so I think that that that's the biggest disappointment in terms of players. Maybe that's so the that biggest kind disappointment of makes East, that, yeah. yeah. There, Carson Wentz. Okay, oh, yeah, I'll take that. But we well, should we move aside on from the NFC East as a whole thing? Yeah, we'll move on. Shall we? Let's go to the South. Share the misery with Dave. Yeah, but this is a fun division. Let's start with Atlanta, though. <laughs> yep. Start in the better the basement. Yeah, get it over with. Well, at least you know in Atlanta that you've got a replacement for Julio Jones so far at this point in the season. Yeah, it's been, he's, Ridley's playing better than Calvin. Julio, Calvin Ridley yeah. has been awesome. Love. Yeah, he's a very he's a very different type of player though. So it's it's not. Um, yeah, I don't think he physically dominates like no. Julio Jones does. But I think. But he is great. I think. I mean, the relationship with Ryan is obviously super beneficial as well. Blossoming. They, they are on such a good page together. Uh, Todd Gurley's probably been better than I thought he would be. He's been exactly what I th- I thought he would be yeah. in terms of like he's he's scored a few more touchdowns than I thought he would, but they're all none of them are breakaways. They're all like yeah. in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no long yard runs, but there's there's enough no. short ones. So he's making it. He's count. second, but yeah, he's second he's gonna... in the league in touchdowns in rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean. I would. I did not expect Todd Gurley in Atlanta to, even if they are short yard. But he's stuff. punching them in. But he's punching them in from the. He's from getting the, the goal two, line, from the five, and, from the six. And isn't that exactly what like, Atlanta wanted anyway? Because you know, finishing off in well, the yeah, red zone no, as well was like. It's it's great, but and hold you know, on I to think that He's. I think he's fine. Like he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think he's like completely cooked, Gurley, which is nice for him because it was really sad that he got injured because he was one of the best players I've ever seen. When he was at the Rams, but yeah, he's just he's just a guy. I think he's going to be a guy. Hopefully, who can stick around and have a nice career from now on and contribute to teams. But I I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons didn't have him next year, that they didn't sign him to another deal. I would that wouldn't surprise me if he would. Went you not to think he's worth signing for another year? Or would you rather see them it, go it for a more like long term solution, considering it looks well, like it's going to be a big restart in Atlanta? Well, he would be he would be a good one to have if the money's right, and then you hopefully draft someone and you have a younger quarterback to pull through, because um, you tend to have committee backfields anyway. He would be a good guy to have, um, and then bring on a younger guy who's more splashy, who could hopefully you know get those big thirty forty yard runs and light the league up. But I don't know, we'll see. But I'm kind of like we've kind of said it all about the Falcons already dotted around this year, so there's not like loads of stuff to go over but as i was saying before i do think that the fact that we're playing the saints and the bucks twice 
before the end of the year. I'm hoping that all that can be left of this year is that we spoil someone's party a little bit. Um, so that's my only hopes is that we could maybe win a couple of those games and stop those other NFC South teams getting the bye. Um, I think you beat the Saints. But, uh, At least one of those games you beat the Saints. Yeah, we tend to split with both of those teams, yeah. so we'll see. But uh, yeah, big change coming next year, and I'm scared about it, and I'm excited as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just so much uncertainty. You the, know, I think every everyone's up for grabs. Yeah. Julio's up for grabs. Matt Ryan's up for grabs. Are you shutting the it's, Are you shutting yeah. the Super Bowl window? completely and firmly <laughs> I think that shut at least oh, yeah. at least a year ago I thought it was slightly ajar at one point <laughs> well it was at the beginning of this year but you know when your head coach goes and um, or I thought as soon as they went yeah, what was it you're one and six then I think they that, start that off nine of and one last year or something like that nine and no, oh and nine sorry uh, no it's like oh and five or something where was it but they, yeah. they weren't a winning run of the last seven games didn't they I'm sure no, they... they didn't win seven, but yeah, they they finished seven and nine, that was... and they won like five. Yeah, because didn't they yeah. win? Yeah, they won they're... on Thanksgiving against the Saints, but then lost like the following week, which was like the biggest frustration because yeah. you're like, oh my god, we beat the Saints, that's great. Yeah. Maybe we can just have a good Classic. end to the season, and then like, nope, nope. Well, not. that's I I think what will, I think what will happen now is that we win we win like three, four, five more games, and then just like we have like a ten pick or something. Um, so that'll be a bit frustrating when we want to do a rebuild and we've got a crappy pick. Fair. But uh, I mean, ten's not a crappy pick. Yeah, yeah but it's not. It's not. It's know, not top you five. Want. Not top five. So Atlanta deserve to be where they are, considering the start to the season they've had. Two and six seems kind of fair, to be honest. Architects of their own downfall on so many occasions. Again, they should have beaten the Cowboys. Yeah, but like. You don't deserve to win if you're making those mistakes. So. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. The Carolina Panthers are one of the most difficult teams to put my finger on. Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know what you're going to get. Every week, it's you like can Forrest look at the Gump matchup and talk yourself into, well, Teddy Bridgewater and Bobby Anderson. They're another Anderson one to stay away from, like, I think. Really... Bobby Anderson's having a phenomenal year. Getting him out of the Jets. And, and Moore as well. Yeah, DJ Moore's come on, especially the last, what, three weeks, Davis. four weeks? Yeah, and um, yeah, Davis filling in for CMC. CMC is going to be back in the next few weeks as well. Like the Panthers are a good team, but I don't know why they're not winning more games. Well, I think that they, you know, they won three in a row, and they were sitting at three and two, and I think that that was a little bit flattering on them. Yeah, I think that they are they're a team that before the season was another kind of giants esque like their roster looked really threadbare and they had a yeah. yeah and they had a lot of new players coming in lost keekley those players yeah those players have worked out um and they also they lost mccaffrey like in week 2 yeah two yeah. They? so like obviously they, we didn't expect them to do well so like the the early season you were kind of like these guys are going to go they're going to get two three wins all season and then they went three and two yeah and it's actually a big surprise so i think that i think that already i mean they could lose the rest of the year and obviously then that would change the narrative but i think they're going to finish like around like seven and nine something like that yeah and that's a really good result for them considering their roster they've got a new head coach they've had an injury to their best player I think that that would be a good result for them. So I, I actually agree. think that it's pretty positive they, for them. Teddy Bridgewater is on pace for a four thousand yards. They've got two top ten uh, receivers in terms of yards, like you said, Ollie. Like 
they're pretty legit. They, they pretty could have beaten the Raiders in week one with the, the shootout that they had. The Bucks are a different breed at the moment. They should have beaten the Bears. That's that's one where I'm like, why are you not beating the Chicago Bears? Yeah, everyone should beat the Bears. It's, yeah, but they still haven't. But they losing to the Saints isn't too bad. Losing to the Falcons again, like, yeah, they just Falcons played well in that game. There's consistency, isn't it? It's fundamentally about consistency. We've seen all the yeah. teams in the league so far, and it's a new, yeah, it's, barring it's, the Steelers, really have inconsistencies. It's a whole new approach in Carolina. So yeah, I guess at yeah. this point it. It looks okay if you're restarting again, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they're also not finishing drives. Just like the last word on them, they're 26th in points. So like, even though they've got two top 10 receivers in terms of yards, and Teddy Bridgewater is gonna, that for whatever reason they're not getting it done in the red zone. I mean, that would that would be a lot easier to do if you had an all pro running back. Um, so well, Mike Davis has looked pretty, probably, pretty good in replacement. Of him, I know, but I'm saying like you know, Christian McCaffrey's like you know, what did he get? 18, 20 touchdowns last year or something. Like you take those away, like the ability. It's to, a, it's a pretty bang average defense as well. Like there's not much special yeah. about the Panthers. So it's but they're well organized though. That's the thing. They they keep them in games, which is really interesting because I I don't even really know many of their players on that defense. It's a complete reset, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, they've been really surprising to me. I think they've been really good. I thought they'd be terrible. I thought so. they'd be terrible too. Yeah, but I, I, as I say, I just find them annoying because they're not terrible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> like yeah. You can't read them at all. You, yeah, frust- you can't pick it. Frustrating, but I think that when you look back at the season, I think that it will. I think it's kind of positive, you know, for where they where they were. Oh, know. absolutely. Right. The uh, the New Orleans Saints. Jazz. Very. You talk about frustrating. So I just. I would, now we go back to the Saints. Why? Do you go well, at least Ollie? Why have you got them as in the top three teams of the NFC? A with record. B, I believe in the sum of all of their parts still. Okay. Um, I think that defense is underperformed, but I think it also has the ability. I think it has the ability still to perform. Particularly their their pass rush hasn't looked great this year. Yeah, um, Cam Jordan's so been a sh- not a shadow of himself, but he's not been as disruptive. So, Agree with that. So, so Marshawn Lattimore's been a bit been quiet. quiet. Yeah, quiet. Had a big game this week. I played well this week from what I saw on the um, on the red missing zone. Michael Thomas has been a big issue for them massively. And again, if he practiced yesterday, he, so that's when positive. he gets back. I, but I think we've seen Alvin Kamara take look like Alvin Kamara of what two years ago when he was mm-hmm. the bomb in the NFL. Yeah, I don't well. trust Drew Brees. No, he's looked terrible. Not terrible. He's not looked himself. He has. Yeah, I trust him to get it done. If, age if is gets, caught up with him. I think if he gets age, Michael Thomas back, Drew. If he gets Michael Thomas back, then I would trust him to still be able to make a run at a Super. Drew Brees is intelligent enough a quarterback to deal with the limitation on his arm. Exactly. Yeah, and that and that's why when Michael Thomas comes back, I think the Saints team can still make a run at a Super Bowl this year. So I do, I, but you say you say that their defense is disappointing. But I, I was looking at the stat; they are incredibly disappointing. Not just slightly, like the twenty seventh in turnovers. I thought you were coming out with like, actually, when you look at some of their lines, they've played okay this year. No, no, the, no, the terrible. Twenty seventh in turnovers and eighteenth overall, and they were picked as like potentially like it was like them and the Steelers. And the Ravens this year and the Bucks, I'd say, that were getting the off season hype for like best defense. Yeah. And they're just nowhere near. And like you said, you know, you mentioned some of their players, like Lattimore, Pro Bowler, 
Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, they're both all pro last year. Marcus Davenport, they've got that safety, what's his name? Williams, who's really good. Like, they've got stars there. It's really weird. I don't know what's going do you on. Think, you wonder if it's coaching. I don't uh, know. Do you think it's crowd? Because I, I think the Superdome atmosphere missing yes, is... Yeah. Like that's Huge. one of the that's one of the few places in the NFL where you do think actually like that that atmosphere change it can change games. It's so intense. It's like a wonderfully old, slightly renovated stadium. It's so noisy in there. Like people banging on the metal at the back of the stadium, and you can hear it reverberating around the whole place. It's amazing when it gets kind of proper lively in there. And I just wonder if that defense is is missing that. Do you think it would explain oh, piggybacking off that? point ollie do you think it maybe would explain partly why defenses across the board have been so bad definitely definitely it might have an impact is you can't measure it and offenses are generally getting better and you could measure it if you compared like the the average defenses in the first five games of the year when there were hardly any fans to now and the end of the year take averages when like fans are coming back into stadiums a bit more, it's not going to make a huge difference, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. But it's, it's as close so, as you'd be so able to be. To know. It's tough to really kind of quantify. However, I do completely agree. With you. so weird. Anyway. If you look at the but Packers a as a good example, is that Aaron Rodgers can do his hard count in any game of the year. Usually, mm. if he's on the road, he can't do his hard count. Yeah, he can't call people offside because there's so much noise. There is no hard count. He's got to do silent counts so that people can snap the ball. So that, yeah. and that kind of instantly gives that team a massive head start and a boost, which is why I think the Packers have done as well as they have done, apart from Rodgers maybe having a chip on his shoulder, like we always like the to Packers say. Packers' success, the hard count. <laughs> the hard count. Well, so, in fairness, if you look at that, he's, he's done very well with it. But it's... Someone else said it, I'm not sure who it was, said that the other thing with defence is that you have to have 11 guys on the same page all the time. Otherwise, you can get a blown coverage or missed assignment, and that could be a touchdown to the house. You have that on offence... It could be a pick six. It could be a fumble recovery. The chances of that are quite slim. If someone misses a block, oh, it's a sack or it's a loss of three yards. It's not mm. a, okay, it's gone over your head or, oh, we've lost contain and now Kamara's got the sideline the whole way. Yeah. And That's, it comes down to that too, I think. And also the new pass interference and holding downfield or whatever it is, like the, the contact that corners are now allowed to make with receivers is getting ridiculous. And... I know it's not always PI. It's always the kind of what five five yard penalty, um, but automatic first down or whatever is holding downfield if they make any mm-hmm. sort of contact now. But I, I I noticed it in the first few weeks of the season. It, it is tapered off slightly, but it's still annoying me the number of times that a QB is just throwing it up in one on one, and yeah, and they yeah. can overthrow it by a couple of yards and know they're going to get a flag called almost. Actually, yeah. actually it was the first game uh, between Tampa and New Orleans in week one. When I was at yours, Jazz, and I think I said it to you, I was like, now it, it, it's it's like the bug that Madden used to have a few years ago, where you just tap circle, fling it to your number one receiver, and they'll be and the computer will call a flag on it for some reason. Um, so I think that's making life more difficult for for defenses in shutting down what is already a very pass heavy league. So that that's another reason why I think um, I think it's tougher for for D's like the New Orleans Saints, but I think they'll be there and thereabouts at the end of the year. But yeah, I think yeah. be I think there, the team above they? them are going to be the contenders in the NFC for the Super Bowl this year. Can't they play so low to their opposition at times as they yeah. did against the Giants? They played that's down the to only thing. But that's but that's but the what Steelers the Steelers do that do, as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah, on The Steelers do that and they win. So yeah, 
Yeah. You know, I think the Bucks have the Bucks lost twice. Or twice, once? twice to the okay. Bears and the Saints. Okay. Yeah, week one and it's Thursday night football. It's going to be interesting what record you need in the NFC to get that bye because there's only one bye this year. I don't know what you're going to need there. Twelve and four, thirteen and three. It's going to be one of those two records. Yeah, the Seahawks have only lost once, haven't they? So. It's going to be interesting to see who gets the... Seattle are waiting for a mess up and we'll come on to them in a bit. Like I, I love yeah. Seattle, but I, they're, if you talk about bad defenses, that's going to be the down. I know. Well, they, it, it was against Arizona, wasn't it? We'll so get this, on to the, them. But this yeah. week for Tampa's a big one, obviously, against <laughs> the Saints. Divisional game, probably the team that's most likely to challenge them. Well, definitely the team that's most for likely division. to challenge them for yeah. the division. They should beat the Panthers. If they can catch the Rams on the slide, that'll be fine. They got the Chiefs as well, that, haven't they? That up? will probably be a loss. Big game. By week before the Vikings, which I think will be very useful indeed for that defense in particular going into week four. Vikings, 14. spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler. I'm not going to spoil that game. Dalvin Cook. They might. They get sm- no, I get smashed. By the time they hit the Vikings, Antonio Brown's fully integrated into the offense. But Chris Godwin's probably healthy. Mike Evans probably healthy. Hang on, hang on. Antonio Brown may well have fucked his second chance. Yeah, he might have. That is also highly likely, Jazz, isn't okay. it? That he, like, that, if he, he, he could just flip out in a rage and just punch Tom Brady in the face. That's not gonna at that point in the year, Antonio Brown is going to have stolen a real cannon lined up at the 50-yard line and be firing it at the pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> in some sort of mad, hysterical, hallucinogen-enforced oh, that freak is a, out. That is an image I'm, I really want. I you, you need to make a meme of that now, Jazz. Please. Um, I want to see but they finished the year with Atlanta twice and the and the Lions, which the Lions are party uh, a weird team. They're not necessarily party poopers, but Tampa Bay will be fine by Falcons then. Falcons are Falcons are going to get them in one of those. And Tampa see. Bay's defense has been the big thing in that it's looked so impressive. Uh, particularly when that offense on paper is so impressive and should probably be doing more at times, but it's a defense like, for instance, that that kind of saved the day really against New York this week, and and has come mm-hmm. up being really big in a lot of occasions this season. Uh, they look really complete, and are now we're just a team. It's just a case of can you gel yeah. enough in time to be good enough to go to a Super Bowl? Yes, I think that they they they're the most complete team. But I would say that this year it doesn't feel like there's a juggernaut team. Like even with the the Steelers going unbeaten, it feels like that they will lose a couple of games. Oh, yeah, and of I don't, I don't kind of nail on any team because the Chiefs kind of look like they've come down a little bit on offense. So I don't until last week I don't, when they got three quarters through and said to Mahomes, "Yeah, you can take the rest of the night off." That was the Jets. I mean, yeah, yeah I know, but you know. still. Nah. Yeah, but still, the still the Jets. So, <laughs> but I, I just don't think that there's. I, I, I think in a in a year of so much uncertainty, I wouldn't pencil in the Bucks for anything yet. I think some weird stuff's going to happen in the playoffs this year if we get to that. But I don't know. They look. Oh, really why do you have to so. add that? Well, caveat I've got to give up some. if we get to that. Like playoffs aren't actually going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm kind of. I don't know. Like maybe the maybe the Bucks. Like uh, you know. They get struck down by loads of COVID or something. Well, it's Florida. <laughs> it's Florida. I just don't want to. I don't want to see them win the South. I'm so used to them being irrelevant, and now they're this the like, most relevant juggernaut. The most relevant, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so they annoying. are relevant, but yeah, I'll yeah. Give it up to them. Moving on. The NFC West. 
West. Well, Should we start at the basement on these ones too. West is we kind of covered the San Francisco 49ers quite a lot earlier. With uh, we did. Although, Jimmy can G. I read out their injury list, please? Ooh, Just, uh, um, yeah. Do we have clarity. enough time on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, the pod has no fixed time, so it can turn into a five-hour. Does it? I didn't realize um, you were the producer as well. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jimmy G, Richard Sherman, D. Ford, Raheem Mostert. Nick Bosa, Ben Garland, who's their center. That is savage. Yeah, like the first yeah. few, it's like, oh, you're just reading out their offensive starters. When does the injury list start? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you get halfway through, oh, you listen to their pass rushes. Oh, no, this is injury list. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's savage. I think losing Nick oh Bosa is a massive one because he that was is... so instrumental last year. Yeah, and it happened yeah. so early as well in such a deflating kind of, oh we're going to go better. Oh, maybe not. Uh, crap. Yeah. And Ayuk's kind of just, the tone, Ayuk's just started to come on the last few weeks, and now he goes down as well. I know. Yeah. Um, Can't believe it. So, Carl Shanahan is not going to be able to, as great as he is, he's not going to be able to coach around that. Yeah. Like, you can't just give him, like, you can't give him a, like, Division two college team and get him to, like, compete in the NFL. Like, that's what's happening, yeah. basically. His roster is going down the toilet, and he is going to, they are going to lose a lot of games now, I think talking of toilets the la rams i can't i toilets. well they're like a floater they're like a floater because they should get flushed with the way that they play sometimes but then they still just they keep just rising around. rising up and sticking around they, they can't go down i they don't seem to be beating bad teams they're playing they played the nfc the nfc East like twice or three times they, and they, they won played all, games. all four they played all four games. and they've won all four. yeah yeah, yeah. But they look bad against, good and they teams, looked bad so, against yeah. like the game against the Giants. They were really poor, and they, were lucky to come to out of New York with a victory in that game. Yeah, I mean Jared Goff yeah. isn't isn't the guy. They're they're running back set up with multiple backs that are none of them special. Doesn't help them get out of jail and doesn't establish a run game at all. Um, well, I think, that, I think they, they can protect cooks. a lead. They can protect a lead, Ollie, but they can't get that lead at the moment because then their passing game isn't working well yeah, enough. So. And Agreed. I don't understand the defense. Like it's, and it may come down to what we were talking about with the Saints. Like it should be more dominant than it is with the kind yeah. of studly players that they've got. But I think a little bit of that though as well is they've lost some of those players, haven't they? Yeah, but you're still... I mean, Ramsey was out last week because of injury. Um, and it depends if you see Ramsey as like an ultimate shutdown corner or just a loudmouth, very good corner. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I mean, Aaron Donald doesn't feel like... I know they were talking about a potential... I don't... I, it doesn't feel like he's on a potential for the sack... All-time sack record. All-time sack record? Not all-time sack, like season sack record. You know oh, right. right. Most so sacks in the season, yeah. It, it doesn't Ooh. feel like he's on a push for that even though people keep talking about it and i don't notice it as much in games when i watch the Rams. Like it just doesn't feel like he is a constant penetration all the time wrecking ball it seems like See, he, has he is but is i think that the trouble you have with the rams is they're very much a team where they're quite boring to watch there's no they are boring there's they, nothing really yeah. big so happening. you think it's there's just you, really you switch off on them pretty much yeah yeah that is isn't that a sh isn't that like a shame from like a couple of years, years ago, ago yeah 
when they they were one of the most exciting offensives and they were slinging the ball around and like I think that's what like I think I hold on to these quarterbacks for too long it's my problem with Baker Mayfield as you pointed out there's that Baker Mayfield mound yeah like but I you know I recognize that that's a fault because with Goff I came into the season and I I can I can remember when he was playing at a not an MVP level but not far off it and he was one of the more accurate QBs that I've seen when he's on form and that this year looks bleakly it wrong has given like, you one year like no no so he had to, he had, he had the... two that that Rams team under Goff had two years they had the year that the Eagles yeah. won the Super Bowl and the year they oh, went yeah, to the okay, Super yeah. Bowl. They went ten and they, they were they were good in both years and Goff was good in both years. But Go- but it, it but feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? But it's it? not Goff, is it? It's, it's McVeigh. And I don't But he's still I, making those throws what? but he's the one making those throws though, and one thing that you can say about him is yeah, he's like a uh joystick QB but he is—he was really accurate, and he's not got that accuracy yeah. now. So if you take that away, what is he? You know, no. mm. it's disappointing. I'm disappointed. He's an emoticon. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a robot with a heart and no power. That's what he is. He's an emoticon. <laughs> but but I I just look at this Rams team. And I get I get more annoyed with McVeigh than anybody else. Why? But where is the Sean McVeigh kind of? Fun, free-flying offense that we. I think they've lost. I love they've lost the weapons. Woods, Reynolds, Cup. Reynolds isn't that great. Woods and Cup. They haven't got a decent running back anymore. Uh, They miss Tyler Higby and Joe Everett. Who knows what they're going to do? They miss Brandon Cooks more than I thought they would do. I was going to say they're missing a big receiver to take the top of the defense. That's what they're. They would have really benefited from uh, Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Diggs would have been the. Yeah, never had the money for that though, would they? No, I know. I'm Diggs just saying been, yeah. they that, don't have any money. They need a rapid receiver, though, somebody that can stretch yeah, yeah. downfield. Because that's why, and Jazz said at the beginning of the year, why Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup's not had a bad year, but he is. he feels like when the Rams line up, the first thing that I think a lot of people look at is where's Cooper Cup first and foremost. Yeah. And if he gets open early, Goff will probably go there. Otherwise, like it's hit and hope with whoever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the last things I'll say about the Rams that I'd put down here is they've got the Seahawks, Bucks, 49ers, and Cardinals as their next four games. So that'll define a season, won't it? We'll, we'll find out who they are mm. by the end of those four games. We'll find out so, that they're yeah. better than the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> it's a trap game, though. I'm not saying the Cardinals are great. Yeah. They're fun, though. I like the Cardinals. They're fun, they're f- and they're, v- they're way again, more fun than the Rams. To, difficult to guess what you're going to get week by week with them as well. Yeah. Very random. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah. yeah. They were really, you know, they were much better against the Seahawks, but they also nearly threw that game away. And I don't know. They were good the first two weeks of the year, and I was really excited about them, and then they were crap for three weeks. So, like, I have no idea. I have no idea with them. I don't know what they're going to be like. Yeah, I don't understand in terms of, like, the Seahawks are a great offense, put 31 points on Arizona. The weeks before that, they played bad teams and pretty much shut them down. They let up big points against the Panthers. They let up a reasonable amount of points against the Lions. Like, it's not a defense that you trust against any sort of quality. The offense, in theory, has a lot of quality on it. 
I mean, I don't, I don't like the running game. I, I still don't buy Kenyon Drake. Uh, his absence, I don't think, will be too much missed. Edmonds comes in and and does pretty darn well, but he's not an exceptional running back. It, Kyler Murray is the running back, and it's a case of <laughs> can you get Hopkins the ball every so often? And they just yeah. go, they go to him so many times because he's that damn good. And teams don't cover him that well still. Like I know he's obviously great at creating separation. I don't know if people are looking at Kirk more or, you know, trying to take away the safe option of Larry Fitzgerald or something, but like Hopkins is still getting consistently open for easy passes for Kyler Murray to make. But yeah, he's the most, uh, he's got the most completions in the NFL. And you know, who's number two jazz. Who's that Dave? Alvin Kamara, which is pretty nuts. Oh, well, there you that's go. wild, right? That's like 50, 50 completions for a running back. Wait, catches. Yeah. Right, I think in completions. I was like, Alvin Kamara's throwing 50. Sorry. <laughs> 50 <laughs> completions to him. 50 seems pretty low for <laughs> completing. Like, how bad are the quarterbacks you doing? Know yeah, what yeah, I, I, you I know what I get, mean. Um, um, by the way, is is Chandler Jones injured? Because I was trying to like yes. Google it now. I wasn't sure. Oh, okay, that's a big loss for them. That's yeah, I think loss. he quietly went down in one of the weeks where there was other big name injuries. Okay. Because he's awesome. I think he Arizona is. are a massively overrated team, but they're massively fun to watch, so it's okay. Like if we're if <laughs> that is a good that's a good. If assessment. we're making judgments at the halfway point of this week, which is I guess what this is all meant to be, that's they're massively overrated by their record, but they're massively fun to watch. So I've got I don't have a problem with it. I just get annoyed yeah. Yeah. when people overhype what they are. That's all. That's fair. That's fair, dog. Very fair. All right. The um the best wide receiver one two in the league with the best quarterback in the league combined with a team that wants to just run the ball a lot anyway. <laughs> Man, it's amazing. It's amazing to think what it could have been if they'd let Russell Wilson play like this when they had a defense. Yeah. Like they could have had a dynasty then of like three Super Bowls, maybe, I don't know. Like Although having said but that was Russell Wilson. As good as he is now. Was he ready? Then. Yeah. Was he ready? No, yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put it in his hands. You give it to Lynch again on the. Because like you, you think of like moment. the last few years as well, like Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. That's a great. I mean, it's not the same as DK Metcalf. That's come. Doug Baldwin, but Baldwin's DK awesome. Metcalf is looking more like Calvin Johnson. Yes. By the week. Yeah, yeah. He looks like young Julio, young Calvin. He looks like... Who is it? Julio. Legit. Who is it? Last... Calvin. He looks really like Julio, yeah. Nothing like Julio. Yeah, mate. Nothing like Julio. No. Very much like He Julio. looks far better than Julio. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Played like eight games. <laughs> well, I think at this stage of their career, I think he looks better than Julio Jones, Jones did. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's a bit. He's the first... first First ballot Hall of Fame you're talking about his whole career, yes. We're talking about the time he's been in the league. No, Julio came and into when the Julio... league. Julio came into the league and kind of went straight away. Yeah, I'm going to do some research. Look like a boss. Karen, talk to amongst yourselves. Um, well, Jazz, I want to ask you the question of last week: Who threw the interception and nobody ran back to track back the interception? And we were like, "Do a DK, do a DK." It was jo- <laughs> It was it was Josh Reynolds. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was, was Josh Rams, Reynolds. Yeah. And like, he Reynolds he slowed up. down at the 30-yard line. He had him. He literally had him. Yeah, and he gave up. And oh. it was like, no. And that, 
I know it's obviously like a highlight play that everybody's shown and everything like that, but that kind of shows that, that really perfect special. attitude more than anything else. Like, DK Metcalf wants to win and wants to be great. And everyone that said, like, oh, he's just a big guy last year when he started to play really well, it's like, yeah, he's just physical. It's like, he's more than physical. Like, the movement on the touchdown he had this week when he caught it coming across from left to right mm. and mm-hmm. backtracks and loops it backwards slightly <clears throat> as he goes across the sideline to ensure he's got the space to take away the tackling angles. Things like that aren't just done by luck. That's an intentional move to make sure that he's taking three guys away from the ability to catch him. Combined he with his is... physicality, he's fantastic. Yeah, I know. He's he's the... He's the, like... I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a comparison. I'm trying to think if there's a player that I'm more impressed with. Like a young player. Can you think of somebody you're more impressed with than him? So far, well, this, this, maybe in, Justin in their Herbert. Second season. This season, this first or second yeah. season. No, maybe Justin Herbert, but I don't know. It's a different thing, isn't it? If you take quarterbacks out of it, I think it's definitely him. Maybe Nick Chubb last year. Mm, yeah, like Chubb. Yeah. Chubb took a huge step up, considering. A I lot don't of know if Chubb looked, slept on him, but it, Nick, but Nick, I mean, one Nick thing Bosa. you know. Okay. Yeah, maybe Kittle. Not Kyler Murray because of Last course he year. got offensive. I don't know, but he's year. right up there. Like in terms of in terms of his performance so but far, he looks like he's on track for a crazy. The career. best thing is if you yeah. shut down DK Metcalf, you have a completely different but ex- similarly exceptional threat in Tyler Lockett. I know, like low key Tyler Lockett is like just doing what he does, it, but he, like what he's done for like the last five years, which you know, is you know how they say really like rapid yeah. and really how good. they say like Wentz picks a guy and goes with him for like three weeks or something like that, and then he moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson is just like, oh, they're shutting down DK this week, so I'll just go to the other side of the field, and then it's like, oh, yeah. they've all shuffled over and they're shutting down Lockett. Well, okay, well he's he's open then. So well, that's what Mahomes has been able to do the last two years, isn't it? Just uh, you know, if you've got the if you've got that talent, then it makes your life, even as a Hall of Fame quarterback, just that much easier, where you can just look like everything's so... For, for Russell Wilson this year, everything just looks so easy. Mm. Even though it's not, it's so hard. So Russell, but Russell like, Wilson's... He makes it look so the easy. The reason why I get frustrated with the hyping up of people like Lamar Jackson, of Kyler Murray, of Josh Allen, on like mobility first quarterbacks... Over accuracy and Russell Wilson, you could take away his legs and he'd still be a phenomenal quarterback. You could yep. stick him in yep. the pocket and he'd make things happen. He's got the best deep ball in the NFL. Absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely. They are pretty as anything. Herbert's second, probably, but <laughs> which I actually don't. <laughs> Your boy well, Herbert, I don't, you love I don't Herbert. think that's a massive overreaction. To be honest, Herbert's deep balls beautiful but russell wilson you can take away rogers is slightly better somehow whatever and also there's a guy called patrick mahomes also a little bit better Uh, mahomes just a sling it guy like josh allen (laughs) it's like tyree kill (laughs) tyree kill runs you know 60 yards downfield and no one can catch him it makes life easy but wilson you can stick in the pocket and and he's run second but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have legs like I mean, not to the same extent, perhaps in speed as a Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, but it's way more than he's got better legs than like a Josh Allen or anybody like that in terms of speed. It's just what you—he's the perfect combination of the two styles combined, 
and it's so yeah. difficult to find. And they found it from a freaking midget QB who everyone said was too small coming out of Wisconsin. And I don't know what what Pete Carroll, if he saw it or whoever saw it in Seattle or and whoever's turned him into what he is or if it's just Russell Wilson's work ethic. But it's he's the best quarterback in the league this year. By, oh, yeah. by a doesn't long it, way. Doesn't it make my MVP uh, pick look pretty good right now? Pretty yep. smart. Yes, it does. Yeah. By a long... And how's your how's your MVP pick going, Jazz? It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't put money on it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that yeah. was something that Jazz didn't put money on this year. That's uh, yeah, I know. shocking, That's right? Kind of weird. Okay, so ours, are the, Se- the Seahawks 6 and 1? Are they yeah. the best? Is their defense gonna? Well, yeah. Down? Are they the best team in the NFC? Yes, and their defense is only gonna get better. Wagner is finally showing up as he should. Wagner do. was legit on the week. He was yeah. playing well. Last He's weekend. amazing. Um, He's so and good. it's only a matter of time before Jamal Adams starts making serious impact on that back end. They do get a lot of turnovers. I mentioned it earlier in the show, yeah. and they they're in like the top five for turnovers. Um, so even though they do give up a lot of points, they give Russell Wilson and the offense opportunities to score. Second, they're second, are they? There we go. Well, joint, joint um, first, if you want to. be So, <laughs> with who? Uh, with the Browns, the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs. Ah, some interesting ones. I wouldn't have expected that, but yeah. So they give the they give the offense, and that favors. If you're a crap defense, but you can get turnovers and you've got an amazing offense, at least that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. So, like, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson's on pace for 60 touchdowns this year. So, you know, if he keeps going the way he is, then I don't really care how bad their defense is. They're the the second worst defense in terms of yards in the league. They allow up a horrendous amount of yards. Who's the worst? Cowboys? Falcons? Must be Cowboys. The Falcons. <laughs> the Cowboys are only fifth. Got to be one of those two. Falcon, the Falcons are 285 yards ahead of the Cowboys. Oh man, that's so sad. Oh, the Falcons is so crazy. And Matt Ryan oh, le- leading the league in yards. That's per game or overall? That's overall. Oh right, I was gonna say 285 extra per game is. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that would be that would be horrendous. That would be. Yeah. That um, would be bad. I'm just trying to find them here on, on points though, because they're only the twelfth worst in points allowed. So you're allowing teams big drives in Seattle, but not allowing them to finish as much with touchdowns compared to, which again isn't a bad thing if your offense is getting touchdowns half the time they go up the other end of the field. It's that's the only thing though is that can they can they keep them up and is that a way to win in a close playoff game necessarily? Like you could if you have to play the Bucks in the playoffs or in, in the NFC Championship, which probably looks likely at the moment with those two teams. Like, I don't know. You could kind of see it like if if Russell Wilson doesn't have the game of his life continually, if he has a half where he has a bit of downtime, like Aaron Rodgers has had yeah, so yeah. far. Like they're giving us the like, Bucks that he has. He's, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had that game against the Bucks, which was really bad, and he's had some like halves where he hasn't, he hasn't looked like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. If Russell Wilson has that cooling off period... They are going to come back down to earth a bit. That's the thing. Like, if Brady has an off week, his defense can save him. But the Seahawks aren't going to get that unless they improve dramatically. But they somehow. still can. They could, but 
I mean, they've obviously got the coaching staff to potentially do And they have the talent that, as well. But... They just need some more pass rushes. I'm not. So, I'm shocked they didn't try and make a trade for someone like a, like a Ryan Kerrigan, for example, from Washington, because yeah. he's not really doing anything there. He's he's doing great Was for it... the Washington football team. Yeah, I wonder if the though, entire like, his career. Players on that Washington defense might be buying into this idea of we're building a team based on something. D. Maybe. Mm. Because they're not um, building a team based on anything else. (laughs) Hey, Terry McLaurin's pretty good. Yeah, okay. Scary Terry. Yeah. That's about it, though. But, uh, yeah, there we are. That's the NFC. So, a little bit of panic picking here. um, (laughs) It's a tough week. It's actually a, it is it's a, a tough, tough week. week. It was every, difficult. Every week, every week's tough, to be honest. It's been exceptionally and, difficult this week with the number of games also off the slate and so difficult to I've pick. Gone with, I've gone with some heavy favourites and then I've put some spreads in there. So I've got the Ravens beating the Colts. I've got the Miami Dolphins at plus four and a half against the Cardinals because I thought that was pretty good as a spread. And I think that that'll be a close game. It's the kind of like field goalie kind of game. And I could see the Dolphins just winning it anyway. So that would be helpful. And I've got the I've got the Steelers against the Cowboys. I've got them at minus fourteen, which the Steelers tend to play down to their opposition. I do understand that, but the Cowboys are on their like fourth quarterback, and I think they've just pulled a guy off the street to stop having practice play. Jerry so, Jones he, is actually so, uh, dressing himself. <laughs> from what I was more of a Stephen quarterback. <laughs> so uh, Put me I've in, got that minus fourteen. And then I've got uh, the Tennessee Titans minus six and a half against the Chicago Bears because I don't rate the Bears. And then I've got the Packers uh, beating San Francisco 49ers. Oh, you went the Thursday night as well. Game, but but I, couldn't, I couldn't not do it because I can't see how the San Francisco 49ers can be this banged up and win a game against Unless the Unless a D-lineman breathed COVID on Aaron Rodgers and halfway through the... Well, hopefully he limps through the game at least and then I get my bet. Um, and then I've got the Giants beating the Washington football team, which jacked up the bet slightly. And I should have stayed away from that game, but I was struggling for a, a sixth game. So yeah, was if tough. that's the one that bangs me, then whatever. But I got 36 to 1 on that. Fair enough. Okay. Jazz, go on okay. with you. Uh, I also took the Thursday night football game, Dave. I took the Packers minus 7. Uh, I couldn't find another game I liked du, 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 du. it was tough du, du, du. oh man me and you are going to be out of it by tomorrow morning. we'll find out and then uh, and then I took the Ravens minus two against the Colts because I think the Colts are a team that really flattered to, to deceive well, flatter to deceive flatter to deceive that's right isn't it yeah. I, I just don't trust them at all you don't know what you're going to get every week but I think the Ravens will bounce back and have a point to prove after losing to the Steelers Agree. Minus um, two. Um, that's a really small spread as well. That's why I thought. That's why I took it. Um, Chiefs minus ten point five against the Panthers because I think that the Panthers aren't going to be able to stop Mahomes whatsoever, and I don't think the, the Panthers have generated a great deal of offense in that game. To the Broncos plus four against the Falcons, so I can see the Broncos winning that game or at least keeping it tight. Definitely, I was surprised that the Falcons were favored in that. A little bit same for me as well, but I thought I'll take the Broncos plus four instead. I took the Seahawks minus three against the Bills because I think that Josh Allen will have one of his Josh Allen games rather than one of his good Josh Josh Allen games. And then I, on the Steelers Cowboys game, I was considering taking the the Steelers minus fourteen. Is that what you said? What the spread was? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I then really considered taking the minus 21. <laughs> Did you do that? No, I didn't. I then uh... I then thought, well, I don't... Actually, the reason why I thought minus 21, so I can see the Steelers scoring three touchdowns. I can see Dallas scoring zero points. So I thought, well, I could take the under points. So I took under 41 and a half because that gives me, I think, 35 points for the Steelers and it gives me six to play with for the Cowboys. Under 45, okay. was that? Sorry, 41.5. 41.5. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Dallas didn't get a touchdown in I that game. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas don't score in that game. I could imagine them getting like a field goal or two, but yeah. Fair. I can see that Whatever. being a the only only issue I have with it is that I can see it also being a, a game where that new QB throws it to Minka Fitzpatrick and it goes back for six, or he throws it to Joe Hayden and goes back for six, or gets uh-huh. strip sacked and goes back for six. So I you're seeing a lot I of defensive touchdowns bit. in that one, then. Yeah. I worry a little bit that the defense will be what screws it for me but I, I'd happily take that okay, I'm willing fair to live and die by that sword was that your 6th yeah, one that or was, that was six. my 6th one yeah. and I got what did you get for 50. that Jess 50.8 to 1 for that fair nice. enough so I like I'm it. going with the LA Chargers to beat the Vegas Raiders Chargers. both teams were 10 to 11 so I mean it did yeah it I felt really like looked a, at that game as well felt like a coin flip yeah, completely I, uh, but I yeah. I know Bit of a trappos. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see it going either way. I think that one will screw me over. Uh, I went with the Seahawks to beat the Buffalo Bills. I've gone with the Washington mm-hmm. Football Team to beat the New York Giants. Oh no, we're up against each other. Yeah, Ooh. I um. Wh- look, okay. after the last three weeks of going uh, five and one, like this week, considering how tough it was anyway, I just stopped caring. I was like, well, let's just go a bit wild and see what happens. Uh, which is why <laughs> I hope the Falcons burn against the Denver Broncos this week. So I've picked the Broncos <laughs> to beat them because Philip Lindsay is going to run all over them like he had a great game last week. I've gone for the Titans to beat the Chicago Bears because it's time the Bears got an actual beating. And I've gone with the Miami Dolphins to beat the Arizona Cardinals, which jacked things up a lot. So, I'm afraid to say, boys, I really don't. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I don't see it. What are your odds, Ollie? What are your odds, Ollie? Uh, 53 to 1. That's good. I just, I honestly can't see the Dolphins doing it because the only reason they won that game last week was because of a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown. So the but the another on, one. The only reason Miami will win that game this week will be defense. But if they can, if they can stop Kyler Murray. And keep him relatively unmobile, and somebody can, you know, quadruple team Hopkins or something like that. Look, it depends I, what Cardinals team shows up. I would, so I would have streaky, more of a gut feeling that Miami could do it if Fitzpatrick was playing over Tua. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. Tua yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't look great, but at the same time, it's his first real start. Oh, Tua's so not going to Tua's not gonna do anything up. for the rest for a large part of this season. We're not going to see Tua come in and blow it up I don't think because that Dolphins team isn't good enough for a rookie quarterback to go in and blow stuff up anyway the difference yeah. between like mm-hmm. Tua and Herbert is that Herbert has a really good team like that receiver core in LA with the Chargers is pretty darn good you know Rivers has thrived off Allen and Williams uh, Williams has always kind of underperformed, I think compared to what the expectation is of him but yeah. he's performed really well um, with Herbert in at QB we were saying that last week weren't we yeah, um, so uh, the, whereas Miami isn't a place where a rookie QB goes in and thrives straight away, but that was just purely to get the odds up because otherwise I, I was fishing around like 15 and 19 to 1 <laughs> and I then know, suddenly put yeah. the Dolphins on. It's like, oh, that goes to like 50 to 1. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I almost I almost did my uh, bet that I've been threatening for a couple of weeks of going like 6 or 8 to 1 just to get a winner <laughs> in, but I... I didn't. I didn't do it. I, well, I'm I, glad uh, you didn't. I wouldn't will. have. Uh, I wouldn't have been happy with you at all.
Big thanks as always to Jazz and Dave and a big thanks to yourselves for listening as well. Almost two hours this podcast I think is going to be. So uh, yeah, that's what happens when you dive into every single team in the NFC um, and spend far too long as always lingering on the heap of garbage that is the NFC East. Uh, hopefully our bets will come off this week, fingers crossed. While you're waiting for that, you can get onto Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts and all other good podcasting outlets as well, including anchor.fmr host and like, subscribe, follow the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Return the Picks, at Return the Picks. It's all one word, all lowercase on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Dave at, at David Block on Instagram and at David Block one on Twitter. You can follow Jazz at Jazz Gillum on both Twitter and Instagram. That's at Jazz Gillum and myself, O underscore J underscore Wilson. Until then, uh, take care. Enjoy the football. Maybe we'll have an uh, election result in the US by the time that this podcast goes out. Who knows? Uh, we might also have a winner with our bets. Uh, less likely, I imagine. Take care.